Open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. We have quite a bit to do, but it's going to be pleasant. Let me share a few verses with you about the church. Let's get the eight of them up here so we can look at them. We'll ask them a few questions. We'll ask the Holy Spirit to join them to our body. We'll hug them. Then we're going to we're going to hear their favorite verses and sing their favorite songs, and we're going home. Amen. Let's just try to do it quickly. Eight songs will take a little while. The math is simple. Eight times four is 32. Look at that clock. Yes. The Lord excited me again with this passage in the last two weeks. Just want to share it with you. Because of what we heard last night in taking in these new members, this is Paul's, one of Paul's professions of faith and the effect it had on people. Well, I want to start at verse 11. Galatians 1, 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, Neither went I up to Jerusalem, to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia, and returned again unto Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not, Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Amen. Yes, I had to read a long way. To get to the verse I wanted to give you, Galatians 1.24, and they glorified God in me. Right. You eight, we glorified God in you last night. Amen. Hearing your testimonies was wonderful. This is Paul telling the Galatians that his gospel was to be received because he had been taught it by Jesus Christ and he certified his gospel. He certified his ministry by the Lord Jesus Christ and by no man. And everyone that heard about Saul of Tarsus being now the Apostle Paul, they glorified God in that changed life. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. Shifting gears just a little bit, let's look at a promise about the church. This is confusing to some people. It shouldn't be. 1 Corinthians 6 refers to us, our bodies being the temple of the Holy Ghost. The same kind of terminology is used here, but it's not our bodies. It is the local church. 1 Corinthians 3 is a very much a ministerial and church chapter in the book. 
1 Corinthians 6 is very much about fornication and taking your physical body and joining it to a harlot, which you're not supposed to do. And Jesus Christ died for your body, and so it's a different temple of the Holy Ghost there. This one here, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? It's a question. Do you know this? We should all know this. That we are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in us as a church. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And that's a church. That's our church. So we want to be careful. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read a little section. This is how the Bible describes a church. This is how we should treat our eight new members. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at 12. For as the body is one, you have one body, and hath many members. The comparison throughout this passage is to a physical body. For as the body is one, and hath many members, or body parts, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No, no, are the two answers. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Amen. Beautiful verse. For the physical body and for this body. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. The church at Corinth. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Ephesians 2.22 tells us that the local church is the habitation of God through the Spirit. God dwells on earth in local churches through the Holy Spirit. And eight living stones. Let's look at that passage. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, just to see it. The living stones that are about to be added to us, they're living. Because it's eight living people. And God has brought them, converted them, regenerated them first, then converted them, brought them to us providentially. And they want to be part of us. And we want them to be part of us. We want to embrace them. And so the 111 parts fit together in one body. And we have care for every member. 
There are no associate members. We never use the words clerical or laity. We're all members and servants of each other. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. To whom coming, speaking of Jesus Christ in verse 3, to whom coming as unto a living stone, that's the Lord Jesus, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What a wonderful description of us with Jesus Christ being a chief cornerstone in the next verse. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. Jesus Christ is a living stone, and we're all lively stones, and that's what makes a spiritual house. Seeing is believing. No, reading is believing. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing with the word of God. You can't see it. All you can see is a bunch of ugly sinners that irritate you from time to time, that are weak in the flesh, that get up in the pulpit and confess their weakness in following Jesus Christ the way they should, and that's a church. And the Lord is with us, and we want him to be with us even more. Let's get down to business. Okay, you eight may come forward, and it's going to be a little crowded up here, but uh, we'll see what we can do.